0: So this week we're going to be talking about um, commission. Obviously our sermon series we're referencing it to uh, that the great commission. Jesus was very clear to his disciples uh, just within his last little bit of time on earth before he uh, died on the cross that look, I want you the same way that I've spent the last three years of my life with you twelve guys and the twelve disciples. The same way I've spent that amount of time with you and taught you and trained you. I want you to go and do the same. Alright? So, so that is a commission and we need to take that very seriously. It's not just something to take lightly. So the, thing, the, the main thing today is that Jesus plus me equals teamwork. I know some of you guys don't like math. That's pretty easy math, okay? Jesus plus me equals teamwork. We've got to work as a team with Jesus to get stuff done. There's just some things that, that we're going to talk about today. Uh, there's kind of a thing in the church world. It's just like an ongoing circle. Everything as a Christian that we do revolves around worship. And I'm not just talking about the worship songs and the music or things like that, but it revolves around a living life that's pleasing to God. That That is living a life of worship, is living a life that's pleasing to God, doing things that he sees fit. Does it mean we're always going to be perfect? No. But, uh, but we're going to grow as a Christian. Uh, then we're going to serve. We're going to serve others. We're going to serve our church, serve our community. We're going to go, as the Great Commission said, we're going to go out and reach others, and then we're going to connect with people as we go. And then it's going to start all over, and as we're connecting, we're growing again. Then we're serving and Then we're going again. Then we're connecting. Then we're—it's an ongoing circle that every part of that revolves around worshiping Jesus and living a life that's pleasing to Him. All right. So that—that's that's your little map. And some of the stuff you're going to say, well, that's basic. I don't need to know that. Well, to kind of get across the point, I just feel like God was telling me if, we, if we're going to talk about going and reaching others, we need to make sure that we're in the right spot. And what do we need to do that we can hear God clearly enough that we can hear what He wants us to do? So the first step, is salvation. Um, you get you get saved. You ask Jesus to come into heart. You're forgiven from your sins. It's kind of like a typical, you know, churchy lingua. But the thing is, we're saying, God, you know, I'm a sinner. Forgive me for the things I've done. Help me to live for you. Help me to do better. Help me to do the same. So as we get saved, uh, the thing is with your relationship, it's between you and God. Okay? It doesn't matter if your great-granddaddy built the church. It don't matter if your mom and dad went to church your whole life. Um, like for me, I was raised in church like forever. Like as soon as I was able to get out of the house to the hospital, my mom and dad raised me in church. I'm thankful for that. But you know what? I can't live off of what my parents are doing. I have, and I can't live off of just saying I've always went to church. It's all about a relationship between me and Him. And it's the same thing with you. It's a relationship between you and God. Doesn't matter what's going on. Doesn't matter if you're a good moral person. You can do all the right things, say all the right, you know, do all the right things at all the right times, say all the right things it still is about that relationship. It is about a relationship with him. So once we're saved, that's what we're wanting. The second step after that is growing to be led to win more. As we're growing in our relationship with Christ and we're spending that time with him, God is going to lead us to start growing and training others, as the Great Commission has said. See, a lot of times as, as, as Christians we want to, it's kind of like a typical church thing, and we can all be in that spot. I've even been in it at times. It's easy to kind of go through a cycle. It's kind of like, well, I'm, it's Sunday, so I guess I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get the feel-goods. And, Blanche, you'll enjoy this. I said this this morning because the first thing that popped in my mind was the song, Dr. Feel-Good. Don't act like you all are too holy and don't know what that rock song is. Linda. you're wanting to sing it right now. I can tell. No, I'm just playing but but a lot of times we come to church and it's kinda like, Well, I'm going on Sundays, I got to feel good. That's gonna be stuck in somebody's head day to today though, mm-hmm. No, no Doctor feel good. He's the one who makes you feel. <laughs> don't even act like you all don't know that song. We'll just I'm just gonna move on because apparently I'm, I'm the one that needs to get saved at altar call. Everybody here's too spiritual, so excuse me. But a lot of times we go to church on Sundays, we feel good, it's like, oh that was nice, you know. That's but it's not it's about so much more than that. We don't stop there there's some questions. Should we go to church? Yes, we should go to church. Why? Because God's word said, I don't have time to break down all the individual scriptures in detail today. But, you know, Paul says, uh, forsake not the assembling of yourself. So, you need to be around the other believers. That's what strengthens you. That's what's encouraging. When you have a relationship with other believers, that's what carries you. Jesus always carries us, but it's just a little encouragement to have some flesh right there. Amen. Jesus with the skin on us, somebody said one time. So, that's a great thing. Uh, should we tithe? Tithing is a tenth of our income. That's, that's what keeps the lights on. That's what helps uh, uh, pay the people we have on staff of the church, which, you know, everybody's bi-vocational. There's nobody full-time here. It helps take care of that. Bills, lights, electric, water, lawnmowers, I mean, everything. Should we tithe? Yes, it's a biblical principle to give a tenth of your income. I'm not going to argue with you about that. You want the scriptures read it to me later. Some people say, well, that's just in the Old Testament. That's not in the new. I can tell you where it's in the new. If you want time, come see me later. Yes, should we do that? Uh, should we be Christ-like? Yes, it's in the Bible. Of course we should be Christ-like. We can do all these things, but if we don't have that relationship with Christ, it's meaningless. Amen. If we don't have love for others, as it says in Corinthians chapter 13, about if we can do all these things and we don't have love, it's just like a clanging sin where a It's nothing. So we need to have that relationship with him. We need to give him our all, our whole life as he gave us his. See, sometimes it's like, well, Jesus, I don't mind giving you one hour a week. That's that's okay. I'm comfortable with that. I don't mind giving you a little bit of my money. I guess I can do that. But then we start getting out of our comfort zone where Jesus is like, look, I want you to go talk to this person and just give them your testimony. Tell them about how good I've been in your life. And it's like, mm, that's a little bit too uncomfortable. We want to do all the right things to make us feel good about ourselves and look churchy, but the inside, it says that we're just whitewashed is what it says in the Bibles, the Pharisees. And so we want to make sure that we, that we are saved, that, that we are growing, that we have that relationship, that we are being led to lead to win more. And the thing about a relationship with Jesus, I don't know if some of you, and you don't even have to have a spouse in here. Nobody raises their hand because, um, you know, I don't want to put anybody out or anything like that. But if you've ever been in a relationship with somebody and you don't talk to them, for days and days and days, especially if you're in the same house, this would be really hard. How well do you think that relationship's gonna survive? Now I'm not talking now Ben talked last week. See he tells all kinds of stories on me. I'm just I want y'all to know I'm gonna be the bigger person. Because I only do like maybe one, maybe two Sundays a year. But he's got like forty, almost fifty some Sundays where he tells all kinds of stories to me. So I just want you all to realize I'm the bigger person. I'm not gonna do that just because I've got more Jesus in me than him. But, and he'll be listening to this later when I post it online. I'm going to edit that part out though because I'm the one that edits all. No, I'm just playing. I won't do that. But a lot of times, you know, you get in vibes with people. It's like, well, I don't want to talk to him. Well, if you let that kind of stuff go on, that relationship's going to deteriorate. That's like divorce and things like that. That doesn't happen overnight. It's when that relationship, and relationships are hard work. The same way with Christ, we've got to have that daily, that vertical relationship with him. I've heard people say this before. You've got the vertical relationship with Christ, and it's the way it needs to go. Then your horizontal one with people, as we're doing the Great Commission, it's going to come up. But this one has to be going good first. So as we have that relationship, we need to read the Word, which is the Bible, the Holy Bible. And I'm going to put this up here. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I did this morning, so I'm going to do it here. Um, I've got an app on my phone. Sometimes I still use my paper Bible, and a lot of people don't know what those are because we all have these now. But sometimes. If it's a different part of the day, I don't want my notifications going off on my phone while I'm trying to study. When I've been getting up at 5 in the morning, help me, Jesus. Nobody's up posting then, so I don't have to worry about that. But um, there's an app that I use for my reading of the Word, and then sometimes I read some other spiritual books and, and just stuff because I want to grow. We've never arrived, guys. There's always room to learn. So if this is my phone. I've got a thing called Jesus Stuff. That's where I know that all my apps aren't. Yeah, I'm real original. Um, I've got my Blue Letter Bible. That's a digital Bible. I keep on mine. I've got a 714 app, prayer app. Church of the Highlands, that's what I'm going to go to every day. Um, there is a different devotional on here. It's August 13th. It's my birthday. Thanks for saying happy birthday to me, by the way. But um, It's got a short devotional written. This is, by, this is a church at Church of the Highlands. It's in Birmingham. Big church. It's one of the podcasts we listen to. they got a lot of growth and leadership things that we read. I encourage you to do it. You don't have to, but it's one I like it has got a daily devotional. Then each day you read a little bit from the Old Testament, a little bit from the New, a little bit of Psalm, and a small portion of a Proverb. That's all in there. So that that's what I do each day. Sometimes I read more. I'm not going to lie. There are some times I've done really good this year. There are some times when I miss a day, like when I went camping and my Wi-Fi's not working and stuff like that. That's why it's always good to have a paper back up. But... Um, Sometimes I miss, and sometimes I, like, one Sunday, I was reading Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. I went ahead and did it. Just That's how I am. You don't always have to get caught up. But I went back, and I read all those. That's, that, that's me spending time in God's, in God's Word with him. Um, also, besides that, we also need to make sure that we are spending prayer time with Jesus. Paul says to pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean that when you're driving down the road, your eyes are closed, and you're praying to the Lord. That's not going to work out real well. I promise you're going to be against the guardrail in the ditch real quick. And then when the cop comes, you say, well, I was just praying to Jesus. Probably ain't going to work too well for you. It's not going to go on your side. And you can't say, well, Jesus, I was talking to you. And he's going to be like, use some common sense, which is obviously we've all said there's a lack thereof nowadays. But um, use some common sense. But pray without ceasing. That's just throughout the day. You don't even have to speak it. Just God knows our thoughts and our minds. He's on mission. He knows all. He knows all. He sees all. He's all powerful. He's everywhere. So just even thinking. You know, Lord, just help me to have a good day today. Um, Put the right people in my path. Help me to not lose my temper. And usually as soon as you pray that, you're going to lose your temper within like 10 minutes. But, you know, sometimes when we as humans, we want to pray those things. So uh, the prayer time, that relationship, we've got to read in the Word. We've got to have our prayer time with Jesus. We've got to do all these things. And I listen to a lot of worship music. Um, I listen to secular music too, obviously. I wouldn't know what that song is. Okay, so I'm not saying like you can't listen to that stuff. Um, you guys know what you're listening to. And whatever words you're hearing constantly all day long, that gets in your spirit. If you're listening to some cuss words all day long, guess what's going to fly out of your mouth a whole lot easier? Yeah. Cuss words. Okay. So, whatever you listen to. But I like to listen to a lot of worship. And that was kind of one of the things I loved today because I didn't play and my hands were free. If I wanted to raise my hands, I can. When I'm playing, I don't really have a whole lot of time to do that because it's a little bit more difficult. But I love to worship. I mean, a lot of times I'll just be at my house and I just... I don't care how crazy I am, I just love raising my hands and I love, I love, I mean, I love singing and playing, but I just love spending time in God's presence. And the thing is, a lot of times we get so busy through the week doing different stuff. Whenever we come in on Sunday and there's a service, there's worship music playing, there's a word coming and all this, we leave and it's like, well, I'm just not feeling today, I'm really not in the mood. And don't get me wrong, the devil's going to attack you, like Ben was talking about people getting and arguments on the way to church. You know what I've found to do? Me and Ben don't talk in the car on the way to church. Boom, that solves that problem. Because <laughs> then anyone of us can say something stupid to make me I <laughs> am because I'm just really tired with these service times. But uh, we wonder why we don't feel anything when we come to church. If we're not spending that time all through the week with Jesus, it's the same thing with the relationship with your spouse. If you only talk to them once a week. Now, husbands don't be like, Mom, wish my <laughs> because then you're going to have to repent later. But if we don't spend that time through the week, it, it, it's not going to be really hard to get to know people. And the same thing with our relationship with Christ. If we're not reading his word daily, if we're not praying for ourselves, for others, for the church, for the pastors, for things like that. If we're not listening to positive thoughts and positive things. I'm not saying have hands on your player all day long. But you guys know where I'm getting at. The more time that you spend with Jesus, the more you, be, you become like him the easier it is to get into his presence, to be changed by his word, to just be like, mm, man, that's a good song. And just, there's different ways of worship. You don't have to raise your hands to worship. Just singing is just this thing of, but I just, I like, I kind of like to stand still. You guys know that. I'm very, my legs hurt me last night, though I wasn't moving very much last night. I'm better this morning. But I like to move. I don't like to sit still, that it makes fun. He says, I got ADHD. And I might, I don't know. But I'm like a rabbit. It's like boom, 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 bouncing off stuff. But um, we need to make sure that we have that relationship. There are the steps and things that we need to do. We also need to serve. Now there'll be like parts later on in this sermon series where we talk about ways you can serve in the church, and you'll hear a lot of those whenever we start the I belong. But we need to serve others because this is all. If we're going to have that horizontal relationship, reaching others and winning others for Christ, we got to make sure this is good. If this, we can't take somebody where we've never been. I told Debo this morning, messing with him. He likes to fish. And I said, Devo, I said, you're never going to be able to tell anybody how to catch a 50-pound fish if you've not caught one yourself. Of course, he giggled and had his eyes all squinted. It's like, shut up, please, please, But that's the truth. We can't take someone we've never been. Mark works out. I can't be telling somebody about rolling tires up the hill you know why, because about the only rolls I got in my life are Swiss cake rolls and rolling <laughs> over in the bed. I can't do that. We can't take somebody we've never been. We can't share the love of Jesus with somebody and how important that is if we don't have them here. Okay, so as we're serving, we're getting involved in church, we're doing all these things, our relationship's good, we're praying. God, I just pray that you would begin to open doors. Now, that's the scary part where people get uncomfortable. I'll read, I'll pray the Bible. I might even teach a little bit here and there. or I might even just, you know, kind of pass out hot dogs, stuff. but if you're asking me to talk about my relationship with Christ with people, I can't do that. That's just kind of, that's out of my zone. It's wrong. The whole reason, the whole point of having a relationship with Christ and the Great Commission is telling others about his love, to win others to Christ. And not just to win them. And I was saying this this morning. It says go out and train everyone you meet. A lot of times it's like, well, if I go to church, and this is something that we as a church at Bethesda are really wanting to work on better because we can always be better. We're not great at everything, I can tell you that. But we want to work better on training and equipping you and ourselves to train others and to go out and do that. Cause a lot of times it's like, well, we're in church. Um, I'm good. I'm getting involved a little bit, this and that. But um, I don't want to talk about my faith. I don't know how to do that. I don't know what to say. But it tells us that we're supposed to train us, So that's something that we're going to pick up the slack that we've that we've put in. You know, we want to be able to train you guys and get better at it ourselves. So that's something that, that we really need to be doing. You know, we're, when we're in tune with Christ, we're in His flow when we're doing and living Christ-like and spending time with him and having that relationship, it's easier to just like in a relationship, you finish each other's sentence, you know what to make for lunch or what not to make for lunch or what they hate for dinner or what you know, sometimes you might do it on purpose because you're mad, oh sorry about that and some of you just giggle when I say that so apparently I've done that before Ben's picking, he don't eat hardly anything he eats like a five year old, chicken nuggets and cheeseburgers and grilled cheese like some people I know but i we're in tune, we're going to be in his flow. We see others. And so this is the big thing. We need to be praying that we will see others the way that Christ sees them. Amen. And that is so hard. Because who's got enemies? Oh, I'm going to put that altar call music up. Guys, it's okay. I'm just being honest. We can love them. But there are some people that don't like us. And there are some people that... It's just kind of like, I'm not a big fake and funny person. You can see all over my face what I'm thinking because you are horrible about that, and I know. Because if somebody's doing something, I'm just like. Now, don't go to the extreme as if you see somebody in a shopping store, run the other way. And I'm not saying, you know, be like, like, hey, girl, how are you? I'm not fake and funny. I'm just like, hey, I'm going to be nice because that's what Jesus wants me to do. But the thing is, we've got to see these people the way that Jesus sees them. And the thing is, we're all God's kids, okay? Even even people that aren't in the, aren't in a relationship with him right now, they're still His kids wife because He created all of us. But the thing is, some of God's kids are going to heaven and some of them are going to hell. That's how Jesus looks at him. man. I love them. I don't know. I don't really love what they're doing, but I need them. I want them so bad to draw to me. And if we start praying, God, help me to see people the way you see them. And that is so hard because you know why our human natures. I don't want to see them the way God sees them because I'm mad at them and that's just the way it's going to be. And I mean, we've all done that because there's sometimes I'm thinking, I really can't stand them. Like there's nobody in here right now, so don't think it's you because it's none of you all. But that's a part of life. We're humans. We're not perfect. But my thing has really been, God, help me to see people the way you see them. Help me to see them as a soul because the reality of everything is looking at a person they're either going to heaven or they're going to hell. And the thing is, once a person dies and they're in hell, there's no praying out of purgatory. There's no reverse in anything. There's no change in everything. And that's the way that God wants us to look at people to go and train to go out and do something. If that was his last main message to his disciples on earth, was to go and make disciples, that should t- that should tell us something. Look, don't just come and do the bare minimum. Don't just come to church. Don't just get to feel good. Just don't smile and just float through life. There is so much of a bigger purpose for you so much of a bigger purpose for me. And a lot of times people are like, I don't really know what my purpose is. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's to tell people about Jesus and just love them as he would love them. But I'm just going to kind of go on with the next one because I know nobody wants to talk about loving the unlovable. Because sometimes it's hard. But what God spoke to me one time is God helped me to love the unlovable. And sometimes, you know what, we're the unlovable. Because we're not always the greatest people either. Sometimes we th- A lot of times we think, oh, I'm not as bad as them because I don't do this. But I, God, thank you for loving them unlovable, even when it's me. <laughs> because that's the thing about grace and mercy. So we need to see people. So, so we've talked about salvation. We've talked about growing. And the third thing, the main thing of the Great Commission is going. Is going out and telling others about the love of Christ. Not just letting them come to the church and get saved, but let, helping them grow to train them up. Um, and so something I want you to focus about is, you know, we're talking about that. And I want this to be your prayer this week. We'll talk a little bit more about it at, like, prayer time. But um, I want you to pray for God moments. And you say, what in the world is a God moment? But I'm telling you, if you pray for a God moment, you better be ready for it because it's going to happen and it might scare you a little bit. The thing with a God moment is divine intervention. God, I, I, I love you. I gave my life for you. I'm growing. I want to do, but I still want to do more. Help me to reach people. Send people to me in those God moments those divine interventions when somebody runs into you and you know it had to have been for such a time as that, that was the purpose. And I've had some of those, and I'll share some of them in a little bit. But pray for God moments. Pray for God to put those people in your path. Pray for God to keep you in line and keep me in line because we all need that talk from now on end. But that you would pray for God moments for people to, to keep your path, that, that you would live with a purpose, that, God, you have a greater purpose for me. Now I know that, and I want to I see others see that same purpose. So we can get so wrapped up in the things of the world, and well, I'm late for this, and I've got this, and I've got that, and that, and that. But then we forget about what it's really about. and It's this. The thing with God moments is those can't come unless we've got that relationship. So unless we've got saved, and then number two, we've moved on to growing. Unless we have that relationship with God where He can speak clearly to us, we can't have those God moments. So that's why those first two things are so important. If we're wanting to win people for Christ, to Christ, and win them for the kingdom, and all this stuff. And we don't have that. We're never going to hear God speaking to us because we've got so much other junk and garbage in our lives in the way. Am I perfect? Lord, no. You hang around me long enough, you'll find that I don't care to tell that I've done some, some goofy things. And sometimes I've said some things that weren't very nice. And I went back and apologized. And sometimes, like I said this morning, I've even apologized for things when I wasn't, when I knew it wasn't my fault, when I wasn't at fault. And I'm not saying that to oh, good job, Leslie, great for you. I'm saying that because sometimes. As Christians, that's what we need to do. Amen. And you might think, "Well, I didn't do anything. i don't want on a positive." But I'm telling you, the peace that you'll feel inside that you've done everything you can do, whether they do anything with it or not, it nothing can nothing can beat it. So we've got to be led by Him. Um, when we have relationships with people, as we're going out meeting people, uh, I'm very intentional when I hang out with people. I'm very um, I just don't say, well, whatever happens, happens. I pursue people, I'm not a stalker, okay, so don't think that, but whenever I hang out with somebody, I, I pray about it. I'm like, God, you know, there, there, there's just something that clicks in my brain. It's like, that, that that's a project, okay, that that's the person you need to talk to. That's what I'm talking about. You got everything else lined up this way, then when you do this way, all those projects and all the training, that, that stuff's gonna come. And it's so cool to see that stuff evolve and change, But I'm very intentional when I'm walking God's path. I'm like, okay, who do I... I mean, it's kind of like I I look for people. And then sometimes God just lays them right in my lap. But um, I wanna be intentional. And the thing is, when when we're intentional, we we meet these people and have a relationship with them. You have gotta earn the right to be heard. You hear what I'm saying? The old saying, if people don't care how much you know, do they know how much you care? That is totally true, 100%. There's been times where I've talked to people just, I don't always talk about church. And by the way, inviting someone to church is not witnessing. That's telling them about your personal relationship with Christ, things like that. Inviting people to church is a good start. Though. That's kind of like planting a little seed. So I recommend that. But it go, it's not. We got to go further than just, hey, come to church with me. We've got to do the whole training thing. We've got to do the whole Great Commission. So, I um, earn the right to be heard. And a lot of times, well, here recently, I was talking to somebody and they were like him. Um, said something, I was. I'm like, well, I said, have you ever, I was asking me what I did, you know, I told them, I was like, well, I work at the school, I work at the church and, and do different stuff. I said, "Did you ever go to church as a kid or anything? And from that, it was like I just opened up a can of worms. And I, and I just sat there and listened. People need you to listen to form a relationship with them. They're not going to listen to your Bible talk, to your jargon or anything like that until they know that you honestly, earnestly and honestly care about them. Yeah. You've got to earn the right to be heard in a relationship. You can't just shove it in their face and be like, Lord, I don't know why they ain't not come with me. Well, I probably wouldn't come with you either if you treated me like that. But, you know, so we have to earn a right to be heard. Um, and then once, once we've earned that right, and I'm kind of jumping through some stuff just for sake of time, but once we earn that right, the part where we always fail is I'm spiritually training them. So when, once people come into the kingdom, once people get saved, we need to train them. Um, we can't just say, well, here's the Bible, you know, we'll see you later, keep on coming. We've got to get them plugged into stuff, that's something that we're working on more and more here, Bethesda, that we fell short on. Uh, so, we, we don't have it all together, and I'm not saying, well, she's acting like she's got it all together, I'm not. Um, I'm a train wreck in slow motion sometimes, that's like my favorite favorite phrase, train wreck in slow motion. I told uh, somebody, I walked back, I said, I'll just come to church, I said, ain't none of us perfect. I said, we're all kind of train wrecks together, just come and check it out and see what you think. But um, We've got to earn the right to be heard, and we're going to help them spiritually. We're going to train them. We're going to we're going to tell them about the Bible act. We're going to spend more time with them. Um, we're going to take them on ministry things. Take like somebody to go take cookies with you, or if you're going to be cutting the grass at church, and somebody wants to help, take them with you. That kind of stuff. And you say, what in the world is that? Let me tell you something. Ministry is anything from sweeping floors and unclogging toilets to speaking in front. If anything that advances the kingdom of God, you say, what in the world is toilets? Let me tell you something. If you don't have toilets at church, think people are going to come to your church. I wouldn't come here, but anything that advances the kingdom of God, and I've done that several times. I'm not above anything. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm just going to be one because I don't want to talk about that anymore. But there, There's all kinds of stuff. Take people with you. Never do ministry alone. Take them with you. you know, let, let them experience things. Train and to grow. Um, and I'll tell a story. Um, I've got a couple of stories, but this one. Um, I move, I bounce around a lot from person to person. Um, and it's not that I'm, like, um, when, it, when somebody first comes to church, I, I spend a little bit more time with them. It's not because they're my favorites. I've had people say that. Well, that's their favorites now. That's it. I just want to tell people that say that stuff just to get over yourself. Um, if you're one of those, and that's my way of telling you to do it. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But I'm really not, though. I shouldn't have said I'm just playing because I meant that. Get over yourself. And you all do that, too. I'm just playing, but you're really not playing. You meant it in your heart. So I did mean that, so I apologize for lying in church. Lord, forgive me. But I've had people before, they're like, well, they came to church and they don't hardly talk to me anymore. Or they used to do this and this. That is kind of like my method. When I spend time with you and love on you and make sure you're doing all right, I still, and Ruby, I don't know why I'm thinking of you. I'll just use her an example because I know she don't care. Um, it's kind of a, it was a cool story how Ruby came because I invited her a few times I'll substitute teach and she ends up coming up. Now Rachel's here. so, But like when Ruby first came, you know, I, I spend more time with her than probably than what I do now, I mean I'll say that. Um, I text her a lot more, things like that, just because the same way when a baby's a baby, if they're like three months old or something, or if they're in their crib crying, are you just going to throw a bottle in the crib and be like, well there you go, see ya. Well does anybody do that? Raise your hands, because I'm child <laughs> services if you do. Okay, no. You feed them, you change your diapers, you rock them to sleep. I don't have babies, and I'm kind of glad for these 3 in the morning things. You get up at 3 in the morning when they're crying, and you take care of them. It's the same way in our Christian walk with God. Spiritual babies, baby Christians, need more attention than a 50-year-old super saint that should have it all together. Can I get an amen? amen? You understand what I'm saying? But I've had people get mad at me before, and I just... My thing is I don't do it in, I don't do it to be that's just the way I am, I'm like a jackrabbit. I can't sit still, but that is how I am. I will still talk to people and still text people now and then, but I just that that's my method. Somebody else's might be different. If it works for them, that's good. But sorry I was gonna tell it one time I I know nobody ever gets upset in church.
1: And I was totally
0: being sarcastic. This was several years ago when we first came to Bethesda. There was a member that left. and... Um, and I'm not saying man, better perfect, but there was just some changes and there were new no people coming in that, that weren't considered churchy. It didn't fit them all. Well, we welcomed them. God forbid we do what the word says, but whatever. Um, so they came and, and, and that person didn't like it. And they left the church. when they left, I didn't chase them down. I didn't feel like running that day. And uh, we get a letter in the mail a few weeks later. It's a nasty letter. just going to be honest a copy of it somewhere, just keep that, not to remind, I haven't even looked at it probably five or six years, but it said that we were horrible pastors, and that um, the parable in the Bible about the hundred sheep and one leaves, and a shepherd chased it, and we didn't do what the Word of God says. So let me just explain something, because this just kind of, I forgot all about that letter to all, getting ready for this. If you take that into context and read all of Luke 15, where it's talking about that, the whole point of that story is when that one comes home, it's comparing that to be a sinner coming into the kingdom of God. It wasn't a super saint that got mad over something and left, and the pastor had to chase him down. So first off, that was totally out of context, but that's what the letter said. Me. And I was thinking, that's not even what that scripture's saying. And I'm, and I'm not saying I'll do all the perfect things, but I've had people get mad at me because, well, they just they don't care about me anymore. And that is the most selfish thing. Now, if I hurt your feelings, please come tell me because I want to apologize. But that is the most selfish thing just to say that because this is the truth. People are going to heaven or they're going to hell. Period. Heaven or hell. And if somebody gets their feelings hurt, and that stands in the wave between somebody going to heaven and spending eternity in hell, shame on them, amen. Shame on them. And like I said, I don't do if I haven't hurt you, I'm sorry. Ben said that a few weeks ago in a sermon, I am sorry, I truly apologize. I don't want to hurt anybody intentionally. But that whole thing of the story, that was about somebody that had got, that, that was a sinner coming into the kingdom of God, how the angels were going to rejoice. Go back and read it if you don't believe in Luke chapter 15. It wasn't about, I know what they say, well, it was a sheep and the foal. But at the end of that story, Jesus says, well, how much more do the angels in the heavens rejoice over one who's been lost, who a sinner comes into the kingdom of God, is what the whole point of that story is. So just, you know, beware. Um, I hate it. I wish no one ever got hurt in church. But guys, the devil's going to do whatever he can to try to keep you from that relationship. That's just the way it is. I wish I could protect every single person that walks through these doors from hurts, but I can't. Because people are people and we're humans. And it might even be me, but I'm sorry. But those when I'm when I'm making those relationships, I'm not intentionally doing stuff to hurt. I just bounce from person to person. Um, just because I feel like that way, you know, hey, I'm, re- I'm reaching more, I'm doing more. That's just the way I work. Everybody's not going to be that way. But that, that's the reality. Whenever we see those people as God sees them, that they're souls, they're going to heaven or hell, that, that's whenever that kicks into play. We're not just meant to come in and get the field gifts on Sunday and just then eventually see like that train my ADHD just kicked in. I heard it going down the tracks and then I was gone. Ben is like so much better than I am. I can't. But, uh, but we, we want to win people in the kingdom of God. There are costs and there's going to be... There's going to be some problems. God doesn't like it when people come to church. He's going to, the devil's going to start speaking thoughts in somebody's ear. Well, they don't like you anymore. Or, they didn't do that for you. Or, they didn't do, and that will take that. And it will burn inside you, and it will consume every bit of who you are. So that's something to be careful for. So as we're getting ready to close, the thing I want to ask you this morning um, is, what are you doing? And I'm asking myself this: What are we doing to win others to Christ? What are we doing? To make the impossible possible. What are we working with Jesus as a team? Me and Jesus. Am I listening to when he's speaking to me? If my my relationship's in line and all these things are good. What am I doing? Am I ignoring that voice? Because I'm telling you. You can pray it all day long. But if we're not going to do anything with those opportunities that he gives us. It's meaningless. So what, what are we doing to. To, uh, to make new relationships? What are we doing to help people become Christians? What are we doing to train them? What are we doing to grow? been asked this, and it, it's messed with me, when's the last time that you led somebody to Christ or you had a relationship and they got saved because of what you did? Don't raise your hand but think about that. It's a scary thing to think about. And don't get me wrong, there's sick. there's Paul says that, that he planted Apollos water and God saw the increase. I know it takes steps. But when's the last time that you can honestly think and say, okay, I had a part in that. Because I was thinking about that a while back and I was like, gosh, that scares me because it had been a while. Too long. So I'll, I'll finish with this story. Um, back at the beginning of the year we did our 21 day fast um, as a church. And I just one of my prayers was that um, God, that you would just, uh, hope I don't start crying like a big baby, God, that you would just um, open doors and put people on my path that I, needed to, that I needed to see, that I needed to talk to, that I had, to, even though I don't have anything to offer, but God, that something, you know, with you through me, What—what—what—what what, what, what is something I could do? And I've studied at the school since I, we moved here, and I started sub in 2010, 11 school year. I've met a lot of people. I mean I'm thankful for that. That's the thing about seven. I love bouncing from place to place because it's enabled me to meet so many people. But I kinda of felt like I was at my limit. Like I've worked at all the schools, I've been doing it for six or seven years. I kinda of feel and I felt like God would say, You need to go get your CDL. And they tried to get me a bus to drive a bus for two or three years and I was like, heck no, I'm not driving a bus. I'd rather be in a room with them eight hours a day than be on a bus route. I'm not doing it no. And for some reason, Jason, you had a part in it because he was like, oh, get a job, you know, at Head Start. That, that's what I was getting. Well, he wasn't like, get a job, you loser. It wasn't like that. But him and Amy was talking about it. And they were like, oh, you ought to get a job at Head Start. And I was like, well, I was like, I'm going to go get my CDLs. And it was a God thing because I went and got the books. The girl at the Head Start named Vance for Jessica, she gave me the stuff. I took the test next week because I don't play around. I'm her, I was like at home reading stuff. I was like, I'm just going to take it. Passed all others, like three or four tests. That was Jesus, I'm not bragging on me. Passed all on the first try. Um, and I don't know, it was just kind of like, I didn't feel like I was supposed to go to the Head Start though. So, I, Greg Hartley, that's come here before, I started talking with him the bus garage. Fast forward, um, I go through like a month of training. He takes me over to Wesley I get my test, I pass it. So now I've got my CELs. Well, I was at the bus garage every day for like a month, um, every stinking morning, and they eat like pigs out there. I gained weight. I'd come home in the afternoon, I was all lethargic. (laughs) But it was a good time. But while I was there, I got to meet all kinds of different bus drivers, because two or three of them every day come in for inspection. So I was like, oh, okay, that's cool, I meet people that I haven't met the last six or seven years. So I'm going through this, Um, I meet people, I'm forming relationships with them, Sandy's one of them. Um, Ended up, really didn't talk to that much, but we kayaked all summer long, got every stinking weekend. I'm gonna be honest, there were some days I didn't want to get up on a Saturday and go quiet, and I'm just being honest. But the reason I did it was because of a relationship I wanted to form. I was very intentional about it. I was pursuant. Because that's how God pursues us even when we don't deserve it or don't feel it. He, he's wanting you. He's wanting you to have a relationship with him. And he's wanting you to do his work. He has a big plan for you. So when he's kayak all summer, blah, blah, blah. I didn't really say much about church to you, did I? I didn't say anything at all because... I didn't want to show that in her face. Now, if God tells you to say something, by all means go ahead, but you better make sure you heard him right, or you're gonna blow it. <laughs> so I didn't say much. Well, then she starts asking me questions about church, just because she knows I was a pastor. I mean, I wasn't singing hymns out on the water, reading my Bibles when we were going down It wasn't nothing like that. And um, she ends up bringing Kevin to youth. She comes to church that Sunday. Kevin comes to youth, get plugged in, like third week here. She gets saved. Uh, next week gets baptized and all that and then she's got other family people coming in with her and I'm not saying oh good job, bless her because I have blew a lot of stuff in life guys a lot okay but the thing is if I had not been um, obedient back in April when God said look I want you to do this and if if Jason hadn't been obedient saying hey you need to get a job you jerk (laughs) but if he hadn't been obedient none of this would have happened okay the only reason I got my CD I didn't want to drive no cheese wagon the only reason I got that is because I heard God say you need to do this. I want to increase your territory of who you're going to meet. So I do that. It comes up. It was totally by the grace of God. I end up getting a bus route. The one that I literally prayed for. And she, I was like, man, I would like to have that just because it's short. And I still want to sub-teach. And I can do it every day. And all this and that. And it's just amazing how the favor of God will rest on you when you're obedient to his word. I can't even compare. I can't tell you. The good stuff that'll happen whenever you're walking in his footsteps, whenever you're going out with a passion to reach the lost and to train them and help them grow and to help them do the others. And I told Cindy, I said, you know, I said, that Sunday she got, I said, you're a project. And she was like, what in the world? I said, the only reason that I got my, was because God told me. And there's other people in her family that they're not here yet. I think there's the possibility I'm working on, but I'm very intentional about where I spend my time, who I spend. That's what I want you guys to do. Be <laughs> intentional. If you hang out with the same people all the time, if you stay in the same rut all the time, are you ever going to win anybody new to Jesus? No, it don't happen. Expand your territories, Be obedient. Get outside of that comfort zone. And now, because I've made friends with her, I've got a place where I can sit my camper all summer long. <laughs> so I'm totally all about that. So so God's blessed me in the same return. So stand your feet with me. There's just a song that I'm going to play. I had it on my Facebook this week just because... Oh, I just love it. It just makes me just want to worship God. I just love that song. But um, I want to challenge you guys today as we're closing uh, to walk in those steps, to uh, to have that relationship with God, where when He speaks, when He walks in the room, as a song, when He comes, you will feel it. You'll feel it in your spirit. You'll feel it in your heart. You will know that, man, this this is one of those God. And I remember that Sunday, and I wasn't planning on talking about Cindy because I normally don't do that. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I guess the truth of it is, if we're embarrassed about church, we're never going to make it out there, are we? So, but I remember when Ben, because I had my head bowed, I was being obedient. I didn't want to look around at the altar call. And I remember Ben told me, said to them, that Cindy and Cove got saved. And just feeling knowing that God allowed me to play a part in that. Guys, I cannot can't explain that. And that's what it's all about. The great thing, that's what it is, guys. It's winning souls for the kingdom of God. Heaven, hell, heaven, hell. Which one is it? What are you doing? What am I doing to keep somebody from going to hell? Once we get in there, what are we doing to keep them growing so that they can go out and do the same? That's thats everything. That's the whole love God, love people, all in it What do you do? That's it. That's it. So I just want to pray for you guys. If so you'll bow your heads. I am going to look around this time as I'm preaching. So, um, God, we just thank you today, Father. God, thank you for your presence today. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for, God, thank you for the challenge, God. but we just worship today. God, Lord, I just thank you for and everything that you've done. God, in this church, God, the things that you're going to continue to do in the lives of people So while you're while your eyes are closed, while your heads are bowed. I just want to ask you guys something. Um, and don't raise your hand unless you're serious, because this this is total business. This is 100% commitment. There, there's, no, there's no fear. If you ask for it, God's going to give you those moments. And it's going to scare the crap out of you. I'm just going to be honest. But if if that's what you want, if you want to reach more for God, if you want to reach more for His kingdom, do more for His work, just do it all. If you want to do whatever go wherever He asks you to go, today. If you want to start that at Start State, if you want to do that, please raise your hand. I've got mine up because I want to do it too. I can always do more. If you want want to reach more, if you want want people to feel the same joy that you have, put your hands down. Guys, there's hands all over this whole place. It's about a relationship with Christ. It's about winning others so that they have that same relationship with Christ that we're saving them from a devil's hell. That that Jesus is saving them through us. He's using us as humans. He's he's doing all the work, but that's what it is. So let me just pray for you guys. God, I thank you for opportunities, God. I thank you for the people that are here in your house today. God, I thank you for for this time that we've spent, this freedom that we feel today, God. Lord, I just pray that you would just bless those that raise your hand, God. me, God, too, that you would bless us with opportunities, God, just, just to win others into your kingdom, God. That, that, that we would just have those opportunities that would just fall into our lives, God, that we would meet people in our places to work. God, if you're telling us to expand our territories and do something different, that we would do that, God, because we're laying it all on the line this morning, God. God, we're laying it all on the line, God, God for souls for you and for your kingdom. Lord, Not just thank you for this awesome people. I thank you for obedience, God. I pray for boldness as they go forth, God. I pray for the right words to say, God, for the clarity to hear your voice. God, I just thank you for each and everything you've done in this house this morning. God, Lord, help us to set a fire, God, that we would work with you. Me plus Jesus equals teamwork. Jesus plus me equals teamwork. God, that we would be obedient to you. That we would work with you, God, to win to win souls for you, God, to expand your kingdom, God. God, there would be no boundaries. God, no barriers. We're breaking those down. I just thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. I'm thankful for each and every. for each and everything that you've done for us, God. I'm thankful that you love us, God. We are so unlovable. God, do we just worship you today. God, thanks for this group, God. Just thanks for what you're going to do. I become so excited to hear stories through the way God and just what, what, what doors you're going to open. we going to worship you in your holy name. Thanks for this group of people. In Jesus' name, amen.